Welcome back to another episode of the Hemingway List. Book 12, Chapter 4, we shift back to Nikolai Rostov in this chapter. What are your overall thoughts of his actions in this chapter? What was up in that final paragraph? Was Nikolai actually trying to get with the high-ranking guy's wife? What was his reaction all about? Yeah, just straight up hitting on her, like a cheeky young bugger. Ripster 66 says Nikolai is having a very good day and everything is going his way. He's being outrageously flirtatious and everyone is just pleased as punch to be around him except for maybe the husband of the lovely lady he's flirting with. Is Nikolai serious with his intentions? I don't think he knows himself. He just He's just riding a good vibe and seeing where it leads, which could be to trouble. <laughs> Pretty good summary. Ripster 66. Kara Kikar says young Rostov is seeming just like the elder Rostov every day. Right down to his enthusiastic dancing. Much has changed, but much has stayed the same. You can see the influence. They're different in their enthusiasm, but they both got that kind of happy-go-lucky vibe. Maybe old Rostov a little bit more so. But when things are going young Rostov's way, you can definitely see his father. Warren Kovafi says, I think it's funny how Nikolai is going... Yeah, sorry, he's always having a grand old time in the army even when they're at war with France, while his family back home has been going through financial hardships, Natasha's fiasco with Andre and Anatole, and now the Rostov's fleeing from Moscow. I would have assumed Nikolai would be the one to go through the most turmoil when comparing their situations, but it seems like it's quite the opposite. Yeah, good point. Good contrast. He does. He loves being at war, and it does seem pretty awesome. You know, mostly just mucking about with his mates. Uh interesting when you think of it like that like his life seems less tumultuous when he's away at war next chapter starts with the word nicholas so i think we're going to follow up from where we took off and see what he's up to chapter five goes like this nicholas sat leaning slightly forward in an armchair bending closely over the blonde lady and paying her mythological compliments with a smile that never left his face jauntily shifting the position of his legs in their tight riding breeches diffusing an odor of perfume and admiring his partner himself and the fine outlines of his legs in their well-fitting hessian boots nicholas told the blonde lady that he wished to run away with a certain lady here in varennes which lady a charming lady a divine one her eyes nicholas looked at his partner are blue her mouth coral and ivory her figure he glanced at her shoulders like diana's the husband came up and suddenly asked his wife what she was talking about ah nikita ivanich cried nicholas rising politely and as if wishing nikita ivanich to share his joke he began to tell him of his intention to elope with a blonde lady the husband smiled gloomily the wife gaily the governor's good-natured wife came up with a look of disapproval Anna ignatievna wants to see you nicholas said she pronouncing the name so that nicholas at once understood that Anna Ignatievna was a very important person. Come, Nicholas, you know you let me call you so. Ah, uh, yes, aunt, who is she? Anna Ignatievna Mavlvinteza. She has heard from her niece how you rescued her. Can you guess? I rescued such a lot of them, said Nicholas. Her niece, Princess Bolkonskaya. She's here in Varennes with her aunt. Oh, how you blush. Why, uh... Not a bit. Please, don't, aunt. Very well, very well. Oh, what a fellow you are. The governor's wife led him up to a tall and very stout old lady with a blue headdress who had just finished her game of cards with the most important personages of the town. This was Malvintsevsa, 
Princess Mary's aunt on her mother's side, a rich, childless widow who always lived in Varennes. When Rostov approached her, she was standing, settling up for the game. She looked at him, and screwing up her eyes sternly, continued to upbraid the general who had won from her. "'Very pleased, monsieur,' she said then, holding out her hand to Nicholas. "'Pray, come and see me.' After a few words about Princess Mary and her late father, whom Melvin Tsevza had evidently not liked, and having asked what Nicholas knew of Prince Andre, who also was evidently no favourite of hers, the important old lady dismissed Nicholas after repeating her invitation to come to see her. Nicholas promised to come and blushed again as he bowed. At the mention of Princess Mary, he experienced a feeling of shyness and even of fear, which he himself did not understand. When he had parted from Melvin Tseva, Nicholas wished to return to the dancing, but the governor's little wife placed her plump hand on his sleeve and, saying that she wanted to have a talk with him, led her, him to her sitting room, from which those who were there immediately withdrew so as not to be in her way. Do you know, dear boy, began the governor's wife with a serious expression on her kind little face, that really would be the match for you. Would you like me to arrange it? Whom do you mean, aunt? asked Nicholas. I will make a match for you with the princess. Catherine Petrovna speaks of Lily, but I say no, the princess. Do you want me to do it? I am sure your mother will be grateful to me. What a charming girl she is, really, and she is not at all so plain either. Not at all, replied Nicholas, as if offended at the idea. As befits a soldier, aunt, I don't force myself on anyone or refuse anything, he said before he had time to consider what he was saying. Well, then remember, this is not a joke. Of course not. Yes, yes, the governor's wife said, as if talking to herself. But, my dear boy, among other things, you're too attentive to the other, the blonde. One is sorry, for the husband, really. Oh, no, we are just good friends with him, said Nicholas, in the simplicity of his heart. It did not enter his head that a pastime so pleasant to himself might not be pleasant to someone else. But what nonsense I have been saying to the governor's wife, thought Nicholas suddenly at supper. She will really begin to arrange a match at and Sonia. And on taking leave of the governor's wife, when he, she again smilingly said to him, Well then, remember. He drew her aside. But see here, to tell the truth, aunt. What is it, my dear? Come, let's sit down here, she said. Nicholas suddenly felt a desire to tell his in most intimate thoughts, which he would not have told to his mother, his sister, or his friend, to this woman, who was almost a stranger. When he afterwards recalled that impulse to unsolicited and inexplicable frankness, which had very important results for him, it seemed to him as if, as it seems to everyone in such cases, that it was merely some silly whim that seized him, yet that burst of frankness together with other trifling events had immense consequences for him and for all his family. You see, aunt, Mamma has long wanted me to marry an heiress, but the very idea of marrying for money is repugnant to me. Oh, yes, I understand, said the governor's wife. But Princess Bolkonskaya, that's another matter. I will tell you the truth. In the first place, I like her very much. I feel drawn to her. And then, after I met her under such circumstances, so strangely, the idea often occurred to me, this is fate, especially if you remember that Mama had long been thinking of it. But I had never happened to meet her before. Somehow it always happened that we did not meet. And as long as my sister Natasha was engaged to her brother... It was, of course, out of the question for me to think of marrying her, and it, and it must need, and it must needs happen that I should meet her just when Natasha's engagement had been broken off, and then everything. So you see, I never told this to anyone, and I never will, only to you. The governor's wife pressed his elbow gratefully. You know Sonia, my cousin. I love her and promise to marry her, and will do so. So you see, there can be no question about that. 
said Nicholas incoherently and blushing. My dear boy, what a way to look at it. You know Sonia has nothing, and you yourself say your papa's affairs are in a very bad way. And what about your mother? It would kill her, that's one thing. And what sort of life would it be for Sonia? If she's a girl with a heart, your mother in despair, and you all ruined? No, my dear, you and Sonia ought to understand that. Nicholas remained silent. It comforted him to hear those arrangements. All the same, aunt, it is impossible, he rejoined with a sigh, after a short pause. Besides, would the princess have me? And besides, she is now in mourning. How can one think of it? "'But you don't suppose I'm going to get you married at once. "'There is always a right way of doing things,' replied the governor's wife. "'What a matchmaker you are, aunt,' said Nicholas, kissing her plump little hand. "'All right, there we go. "'Nicholas being match-made with Maya. "'I like it. "'All right, thank you very much for listening. "'I'll see you tomorrow.'